This episode of the Devin Kershaw Show is brought to you by the Mount Bachelor Nordic Center. The facts are this, Mount Bachelor, as the bird flies or the car drives, is not too far from the ocean. Lots of moisture flows over the flanks of the over 9,000 foot volcano in central Oregon, which means deep, deep snow in winter. And that's the case right now where the Mount Bachelor Nordic Center is loaded up with snow. It is midwinter in the home mountains. To learn more about the Mount Bachelor Nordic Center and their COVID-19 policies, go to mountbachelor.com. This is Jason Albert, and you are listening to The Devin Kershaw Show from Faster Skier. In this episode, we catch up after two weeks away. We do discuss some timely topics. The Norwegians will be back on the World Cup racing scene this weekend in Lati, Finland, where there is a skiathlon on Saturday and a relay on Sunday. We also delve into kind of an unexpected topic, and we'll get to that right up front in the podcast on how athletes and athletes who are used to success deal with unfavorable outcomes. In between all that, we answer some listener questions. Jason. Devin, how are you? Yo, man, can you hear me? I hear you. Are you not hearing me? Hello. Hold on. Let's, we're going to try this. I can't really hear you. Hold on. Oh, how about now? Yeah, now, now you're okay. loud and clear. Yeah. Okay, I just had a funky setting there. Did Reagan coin this phrase, it's morning in America, or something like that? Yeah, that's a Reagan-esque phrase, it's morning in America. All it took was, what, 20, 30,000 troops? Yeah, that's true. You forget, like, two and a half weeks ago, or whatever it was, uh, two weeks ago, today. Yeah, two weeks ago today, yeah. Yeah, a lot of troops. It's, it's a bummer, for sure. I want to hope and wish that there's going to be some some uniting but i it's hard for me to believe but you know what it's uh we'll have to wait and see did you see any of the uh coverage yeah oh for sure the man norway's like we got nothing going on here so it's uh it's like blanket coverage it might as well be cnn out there on on the news on the on nrk it was like all evening oh interesting did like hours hours and hours of the inauguration okay did you see the young woman who was kind of the poet laureate she she was amazing yes yeah, yeah. that was amazing that was amazing and you know what that she was really amazing and and this is going to be kind of embarrassing for me to say because i mean i'm not american and stuff but like no man lady gaga she killed she killed it you know i didn't it even good. i i, I didn't do it <laughs> I thought she killed it. I do. I skipped that I've part. I watched a lot of hockey games, Jason. A lot. You should go back and check it out. I am going to, because I had no idea that she sang it. I saw, I'm not a country music fan. Sorry, folks. Even though the Grateful Dead does have like country roots uh, a little bit, I guess. Bluegrass, blue, you know, whatever. Garth Brooks, perhaps an unusual choice, but he sang Amazing Grace. Thought it was okay. So I think maybe that prompted me to tune out from the singing. Okay. Yeah, that was it. Yeah. And then pop star, you're kind of like, you know what? Okay. Lady Gaga. Do we really need this, but like Lady Gaga, I think she killed, I think she killed it. Like I, like I said, I was obsessed with hockey growing up. And so I've seen, a, I mean, I, I've seen a lot of American national anthems being sung. And bad ones, I bet. Oh, really bad ones. But, but this, and I was a Jimi Hendrix fan. As younger, I mean, really, he didn't, he didn't sing it. Oh yeah, um, and he didn't sing it, but his guitar did. He didn't sing it, but he, he oh, and it's uh, yeah. So, so no, and you know what? The the reality of it is, is like the American national anthem. It, it's a it's a great national anthem. It really is. Like the Star Spangled Banner is it's that's it's a gooder, no question. Really? In, in the, oh, I think so. Oh yeah. Yeah, I don't know. It's like it's interesting, and I don't. I'm maybe I'll get hate mail about being. It's not. I I just have never been super. I mean, I completely believe in like the fundamentals of like American democracy, the Constitution. But I do not. I've never been someone who gets wrapped up in the trappings of sort of like the Pledge of Allegiance or. Um. Yeah, the national anthem, the cultishness, the whole cultishness. Well, of it. and and my dad did serve. You know, my dad was in the Air Force. My grandfather served. So it's not like I'm I'm from a family that's like doesn't get serving their country. However, okay, so I'm gonna have to wrap my brain around it. I will watch it. Yeah, watch it because I think she did a great job. And also, we it'd be great to hear from people. But I mean, like, 
the American national anthem, it it's a gooder. It, it's it's a it's a great national anthem. You know what else is another great national anthem? This might surprise people. Mm-hmm. I like Canada. Give the Russian give the Russian national anthem a, a listen. Really? Oh, dude, yeah. It, it, oh, does yeah. that elicit That's, like what does that elicit in you? Like when you hear it? When I when I hear it, I, I hear like a mix of like it's just like like a deep sadness with also like 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 a sadness with a with a proudness like we've suffered but we're we're standing together and we're proud and like like that suffering made us stronger kind of thing you got to listen to it man it's the russian national anthem the russian national anthem is it's awesome it's amazing I think I missed it so. in Pyeongchang for a couple of reasons, but yeah, exactly. They were all there, though. They, <laughs> they were all so, there, <laughs> or 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 didn't have their own national anthem. But no, that's seriously, right. man, Russian Russian national anthem. That that's a it's a good one too. Sorry if I'm feeling like sounding like for the listeners that you expect like used to me being all fired up. I'm a little melancholy right now. I'm not gonna lie. It is. Uh, it's been a bit of a rough rough go here, culminating in this physiotherapy exam. Oh, I just dude, dude. got 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 spanked on today Did you? so i'm just okay. a little so yeah but i shouldn't have but i shouldn't have and it was it was like a practical exam you know what i mean do you know for sure you got spanked on it oh yeah oh yeah but it not enough not enough to like really dig myself into like a quincy and then just like live out in the yard for a couple of days and like sulk okay but but uh but no i'm i'm like heavily disappointed and i'm like very yeah. So then, and then you then then it just starts all hitting you, right? You're like you're 38. You're taking physiotherapy, and you're like, you do like this practical exam, this assessment, physio assessment. You think you killed. You're like, I think I did good. I think this was like, I think this went really well. And then you go back, you go back in there, and and then, and then like you just get you just get murdered for what you did, and you're like, no, no, but I really stand by what I did, and and then so it was just like I was I was just like so shocked. So like I'm just a little I'm like I have trouble letting things go. I'm, have you seen the Last Dance? You seen that documentary, Jordan? Oh, dude, no. I I'm catching. I right, I will watch that because I just watched. Yeah, but it's but it's 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 like it's really good. I think I know it's like a bit. High. It's they dragged it out too long. It did need ten episodes, but most Jordan. Like Jordan, the fact like the fact that Jordan is like remembers the names and the slights of every single person that didn't believe in him. And like, even as a billionaire in his late fifties, he's going to rip you apart. He's like, he's like, like 30 years later, you're still getting like absolutely called out in a hit documentary series and going like, I told you so kind of thing. And like, I, I really don't like that about myself, but all I could think about today, like when I was getting like, like just like slaughtered in there. I'm like I'm gonna remember this. Like <laughs> I, I will not forget this because I think I did well today. Well, let me. Okay, so let me clarify. So you're examining a patient or a potential patient, and someone is observing you. Yeah, it's a fellow student. Yeah, exactly. But there was like a theory part, and like it, it's also contrived. Sure, but right? don't you think, in some capacity, that part of the culture is they want to. They want to nail you. They want they want you to. Oh yeah, of course. I'm not to say that you did a poor job, but they want you to think you did a poor job so that you just whatever double up. Who knows? Oh, for sure. Oh, oh no, for sure. That that's exactly right. And you are nervous, and it's like a really yeah, like I said, it's a contrived situation, and you have a fellow student that you're assessing, and um, but I I just like made all the mistake like not mistakes, but. Well, obviously, I got I got crushed, but I I really thought I I thought we were having a discussion that the whole power dynamic I didn't really I didn't really do a good job of understanding that. So when they like question 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 me on some of the some of the ways I was assessing this patient, I thought we were having or after it was done, the patient was gone, then we were having discussion. Um, they said like, oh, why didn't you do this test this way? And I'm like, well, for this patient in this um, case that I was given, I think it's irrelevant. And they're like, no, no, but why wouldn't you do it this way? Why wouldn't you assess this? Why wouldn't you do these maneuvers lying with the patient lying down instead of seated? And I'm like, because in this case, you would never do it lying down. And I've, yeah, like I went on with that. And then it went back and forth. And I thought we were having like a really nice conversation, you know, a discussion. 
but then I forgot that I'm first year and they're PhDs. Sure. (laughs) (laughs) Because when I came back in there, they, they like roasted me for that and being like, you should have done it. You should have done it lying down. And we were trying to lead you to just, just say that yes, lying down is the better way. And I'm like, I don't believe it is the better way. I've had physio assessments for a similar case myself, like over a thousand times. And I've never lied down for that. And then they're like, well, we're trying to teach you evidence-based practice, not clinical practice. And I'm like, what? <laughs> so, so oh, that is, but it's really fascinating because you, I mean, you are coming with, like you oh, mentioned. Old balls, dude. Let's I'm say, old balls. Yeah, but let's say 18 years, I'm going to say 20 years, right? You become like, quote, a professional at 20 years old. Well, uh, uh, yeah, 16 years of professional skiing, you were in and out of PT probably constantly. All the time. Oh, yeah. Boy, so you're coming with all that sort of, quote, know-how slash baggage, right? About Oh, baggage, totally. Well, it's really interesting. But yeah. and, and you're also coming from a dynamic where you're not 21 years old. Like you're no, a exactly. fleshed out human being adult kind of thing. Oh God. Yeah. I'm 38 years old. Yeah. <laughs> oh, sure. interesting. So, so, and I thought, and I really thought that we were, and my mom, who's, who's been a university professor before. And when I told her, you know, on the drive home, of course, it was just like such so classic, like driving back from Oslo to Lillehammer took me like four hours because there's accidents all over the road and dumping snow and like minus one degrees and, so I'm talking to my mom and I just told her and I told her how, and she's like, oh no, 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 you can't do that to professors that are examining you. I'm like, really? Why not? It's like, no, no, you guys. But it's right. Like the power dynamics. Professors don't like that. I'm like, well, I think it's ridiculous because in my, you know, in our, in our books and in, in like the pensum, it states like this is a way you can do it. And because I've seen it done so many times and have had it done to me personally, literally over a hundred times. This is the, this is how I would have the patient. And, and yet, but when you, but when you have a professor that's just so stuck on like, this has to be done lying down, like there was just no coming out of it. So I, I told them I was very disappointed. <laughs> like I'm deeply disappointed in your assessment of my performance, but okay. And I could say that cause I, cause I made it through. I didn't, I'm not, I don't have to redo the exam or anything and it's fine, but it's, but it's still. But in the off chance they listen to this podcast next time, you're going to assess that person when they're lying down, right? Um, I was going to maybe <laughs> say if they're listening in the off chance to listen to this podcast, I'm going to try my best not to be Michael Jordan in 30 years time, but I can't promise I won't be <laughs> <laughs> just saying. I won't be a billionaire. I won't be a billionaire with all those NBA rings. That's not what I meant with the Michael Jordan. I I meant more like the data part. (laughs) No, I got that. I I got it. But but also, it's a package deal, right? The vendetta part comes with the fact that he's got like I know. So I better work hard. So I better work hard. So that so so that the vendetta works, or else it's just and sign a shoe contract. Just saying. Yeah, that'd be good. It's already hard enough for like an immigrant in Norway, right? It's pretty homogeneous. Uh, country here so I'm already up against a lot so I don't know I don't know it's look but you check a lot of boxes dude right Uh, you do I cross-country skied at least yeah you cross-country skied you're a white male and I saying yeah that's that's true yeah and and I did win well Alex won it for me but we did win the world championships in Oslo so that that's gonna count something I it's that's a team that was that's a team event and that's your that's your golden. I'm just trying to think of like Willy Wonka. Was it a golden ticket? Yeah. Oh yeah. So that's your golden ticket for Vendetta right there. That's worth six rings and a Nike swoosh. Just saying. Mm, nah. No. 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 Not. Not, not in physio. Not in. Not in physio in a different country. It's not. So I've. I've got some work to do. I've got some work to do. Is this a Norwegian or an English? This assessment. Oh, all in Norwegian. Dude. Oh, all in Norwegian. Okay. And I'm just dying. And I'm just dying. Okay. There. Because like I, I'm fluent in Norwegian, but like the uh, give yourself a break. The 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 what I what I struggle with is like of course under pressure, and then of course the the academic, um, all the academic words and the vocabulary in Norwegian are these are not words I see, and all not all, but a lot of our books are in English which is great for me reading and sure. learning the theory, but then I have to communicate that in another language. So it's, it's uh, no, it's to be honest, to be honest, I'm not going to, I'm not going to have a like total sad on the pod here, but like, 
Oh, I'm not going to let that happen. I feel like you're, it's it's good. No, no, but no, but I'm just going to say, but I'm just saying, I'm just saying like today I really felt like got two kids, beautiful kids. (laughs) I'm just starting out in physiotherapy in, in a city that's like a couple hours away from me. I just got like lit up in an exam. I really thought I did well in like, I left that exam being like, killed it. (laughs) (laughs) And, and, and no, absolutely did not. And, um, so it's just been an interesting day, but you know what? We're back. Let's, let's, we can, uh, we are back, but, but, but I, okay. I and mean, I'm glad to, to hear you out too. Yeah, I mean, dude, this is real. This is good. This is good therapy. It's real life. Oh, this is real life. And that's the thing. That's the thing for the kids out there. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just joking. Do what you want. I, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I don't regret my decisions, but I, I kind of regretted my decisions, not regretted, but like. I had a little sad, I was having a little sad, going like, man, I skied forever. And like, now I'm just like up there with oh. like 22 year olds and getting murdered on exams and what, but, but I didn't, I, I'm, I'm being a bit, I'm being a bit overdramatic. Like I said, a little bit, like but I don't said, you think it's fine. It, I'm, I, like I said, I don't have to repeat any of these exams. So it's, it's okay. Okay. But let me ask a question. So as you were going up through the, because this speaks a little bit to, I won't go into all the details, for, but this speaks to a little bit about a, a note we got from, you know, someone whose kid skis at a fairly high level from Canada. Yeah, and I, I saw that note right? too. This is great. Yep. So, I, and, and we can get to those in a sec, but, I, but I'm just curious, like to get to where you were skiing, you probably experienced a lot of ex- success through at every level. Okay, and you do talk about like, oh, I was just a pedestrian skier on the World Cup, but the fact of the matter. No, no, I wasn't. I'm talking shit. I'm a sandbagger. Yeah, right. I know you're a sandbagger. Like, I got that. Yeah, you can't come second in the overall World Cup and be bad. <laughs> so I know. <laughs> right, it's not shabby. Okay, you got a world champ medal, all that stuff. But let's just presume that all the way through those formative years, the thing you chose to have singular focus on, which was skiing, you did quite well at. Right. And perhaps the first time you started not getting a podium every weekend was on the World Cup. I'm just hypothetical. In some ways. But yeah, that's not totally true. But I see what your point is. So continue. Kids are learning about failure constantly, you know, for the most part. Right. Because it's a rare few, especially if they're in sport. It's a rare few that get the win routinely. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So totally. Yeah, you'll be good, man. You'll be good. And don't yeah, regret. Man. Yeah, no, exactly. And that's, no, no, I don't do the never. And I, I, I don't regret. Okay. I don't for a second. But it is just funny. It is just funny. I think it is interesting what you're saying. It's like some of the feelings I have, like driving home, are like the feelings I'd have after a race that didn't go my way. And it's almost like calling my wife, right? Like, I mean, I've been in the city for a couple of days. Uh, you know, because I had this exam and this crazy snowstorm happening here. Uh, and you don't want to miss that exam, you know? And, and, um, you know, you, she's like, how'd it go? And you're like, you feel like almost like that embarrassment, like you let her down. You know what I mean? It's like, yeah. no, I, I do know. And then she's, and then, and, and then she's like, first of all, you're, it's fine. Cause you didn't fail it and you weren't close to failing. Uh, but, uh, second of all, like that embarrassment you feel is ridiculous because that's what every single human feels when they when they don't live up to their expectations. So that's like every human. That's like the human story. Like every human has felt that, and it, and it is so true. Like think of a job interview. You go to a job interview, oh, think you yeah. kill that you don't get the call back, and then you feel so embarrassed, and you have to talk to your girlfriend or your wife or or your buddies or your mom or the and eight you're billion just like, oh, people God. on social media. Like yeah. Yeah, that's even worse. I don't even want to touch. Um, thank God I'm yeah. old enough. And like, no that's shit. Right. not a thing for me. That's a not thing for me. Thank. Um, I feel thankful for that. But like, so it's just kind of like, and then in skiing, man, like I was a man, oh man. Like I remember my wife would just be like so pissed. Like I would bomb a ski race and she'd call me, like she'd call me like three times and I just like wouldn't pick up. I was like in a dark place. Like this is ridiculous. I just didn't ski fast around the stupid loop in some woods in Czech Republic or something. Right, right. And then I'd call her back at like 9 p.m. And the race was over at 1. And then she would like just like lay into me a little bit. It's like, this is not okay. Like you can't have like a big sad. Like I'm your wife. Like we can talk about other stuff. Like 
I don't care if you win or you lose. Like, yeah, she married you. Yeah, I've got a great story with that too. Um, but um, so, so it's just like Kristen's really good for me with that because like I, I can be really hard on myself, and it, that's not a you know what like maybe it's helped me in some ways in ski in in like sport, but it's it's just not a it's not a good place to live. So it's I'm really lucky to have a partner in Kristen that really doesn't doesn't really care like she's just there to support me but it's uh, the funny story with that is like so a couple years after uh Kristen and I were together Torana Hetland who is like an old coach of mine Olympic champion in Salt Lake City in 2002 in the sprint comes up to comes up to Kristen and we've sweared a lot on this podcast so it's all good yes we have so 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 she he comes up to Kristen and puts his hand on her shoulder and goes well at least we know you're not a pro ho because I, because, because I was just like, I think I'd come like 50th or something that weekend or like, you know, I just got lit up or something and like, sure. Torona Hetland's like, well, you got that going for you, Kristen. You're, you're meaning born. like she really cares about you. And it's not about the results that makes you like hot stuff. Yeah. Because yeah, 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 yeah. yeah because her, because her boyfriend sucks at skiing now. You know what I mean? So it's like, and you're still with them. So at least we know you're not a pro, Kristen. <laughs> That's what TA said to my wife. <laughs> and she and did she nod her head? Yeah, she laughed. They've got a great relationship. So she thought it was hilarious. I mean, the reality is, imagine like you were, I can maybe edit this out. I was going to say shacking up. What is, is that a bad word to say shacking up? It means you're like a shack, like you're living in the same household or I something. I don't think so. Yeah, you're living. You're, you're exactly, totally, and this is this is actually good in in Corona times because you're like you're your pod yeah. and okay. you're not breaking any rules. Okay, yeah. So if you're sort of shacking up with someone, or, uh, someone you care about, and could you imagine like it's for the fact that they're fast at something, you know, like going around in a loop, that would get old so fast. Oh God, no, I can't. No, dude, the fastest. Oh, the fastest man. Unless it was Jordan. Oh yeah, that's a no. That's a no. Uh, that's no espuelo. <laughs> I don't know, man. It doesn't matter who it is. Like no way ever. Like just, it's just too too much. Too much baggage. Too much baggage. Yep. Because you're never the fastest for all the time. Too much so. baggage. Totally. The night turns to day, and the day turns to night, and the days just keep ripping. And soon enough, you're just you're changing diapers. You're just that ti- you're just that. You're, yeah, you're changing diapers, and you're just that middle aged. You're that middle-aged adult man that's just grinding it out. <laughs> so that's true. what all the kids can. That's what all, that's what all the kids can look forward to. I'm just kidding. It's more fun than that. It is. It's it's actually great. Let, let's face it. Life is so. Good. It is good. So good. Oh I've yeah. Had, life's yep. Good. Life's it's all good. good. Totally. And it's nuking snow out there in Lillehammer the right now, and we have tons of snow. Like it's we're we're living. And do you have a break? We're living good. Do you have a break? I've got I've got like five days before before things go because it's all exams this okay. week. So I have five days off and then and then right back in right back into it. Okay. So we have some questions, comments from Yeah, we got some questions. Yep. And I think we should just go through a bit of that because this is just kind of like you gotta feed the beast, right? Yeah. People want people want to know what's up. So now they got the whole sad story with uh, my last ten days. And uh, we talked a little bit about the big day in the US. And now we can just get to a few listener questions and then go really quick into do what's happening this weekend and why it's um, interesting. Yeah, and then then we'll then we'll just then we'll touch base in the weekend again, like normal, like uh, like everyone expects. Like it's all yeah. Like I actually do feel like things are becoming a little bit more normal. Norway will be back on the scene, but and and Canada, man, and Canada, and Canada. I'm really excited for Me that. Me too. And there's some there's some you know I'm gonna give a shout out to the Canadian team a little bit because I mean I'm a you know I'm a homer. What can I say? Yeah, it's all good. And and I and I think it's um you know they had a really rough go with Corona outbreaks and short like last minute changes to the race calendar for the international stuff and but they're back in the World Cup this weekend and uh, I know all the athletes are hungry so really hoping to see uh, and cheer on cheer on the whole team and they got some really young exciting athletes there too. Um, that'll be fun. Word on the street is they have new uniforms. New uniforms. Yeah. A whole new uniforms. New year. Have you seen I've them? I've seen pics of them. They look great. Okay. So we haven't seen the pics. Okay, good. Yeah. They say we're, yeah, I have to say you guys kind of have a legacy of some maybe not so great unis. Oh dude. I, you know, I, I gotta get a picture of that to show you. There was like a candy cane suit. I don't know if you remember this. This is like my first year at world juniors. Yeah. Look, try and try and find 2000. The year 2000 national team suit. Oh my lord, dude! It's the worst suit ever. You know what I'm thinking of? Do you remember Billy Johnson? I think that was his name. He was a downhiller for the U.S. He won gold. No, I don't. 
Remember okay. that dude? Real cowboy. Yeah, I don't remember. He passed away. Okay, he had a big candy cane suit. All right, I digress. Yeah. Okay. Well, this is this is like this is this was the worst suit in national team history, and that was my first ever national team suit. Twenty twenty. Yeah, that's uh, Strebsi Pleso, first World Juniors. I just turned seventeen. I think I finished in the first race. My first race at World Juniors, I might have finished in like the high eighties. I'm looking in a candy cane suit. No, you type. Believe it. it. <laughs> Yeah, I'm not. I got nothing's to get some popping pictures. up here. Got to take some pictures. I got. Uh, well, 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 yeah. Okay. No, exactly. So we'll let's um. Got it. I really want. To, I'm sorry, but I really am dying to see it. Nothing. No. It's the worst. It's the worst. I'll try and I'll try and dig around and see. I mean, I have the suit in Camor, so I can get somebody. Oh, uh, you know what's popping up here? I'll tell you what's popping up, and we're so we're just going so deep in a digression here. I actually was offended by this, um, and it's. A picture of Adrian Solano of Venezuela, and this was in Lati at the World Champs in 2017. You know they have a race for to people to ski in. Yeah, do you remember that situation? Oh yeah, dude. Of course I do. I mean, the memes. He was. I shouldn't laugh, but like, come on. He was a meme. He was a meme. He was, and he really struggled. I don't even know if he had been on skis a few times, but. (laughs) Looked like it didn't look like it. <laughs> it did not look like no. it. And for a while, I remember seeing it and being a little confused. I was like, wait, what's <laughs> what, 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 where are here? we? Yeah. Oh, I man. feel like they got a little harsh. And here is <laughs> literally, this is the New York Times headline, is world's worst skier yeah. has best explanation. <laughs> he never trained on snow. Yeah. And this is this the best. That is like, that is what was highlighted in the American media for the 2017 um, yeah. world championships. And now we have a tour to ski winner and we've had some great articles in the wall street journal, the New York times, about Nordic York skiing. Times, yeah. Jesse, Jesse Diggins leading the charge out there for the, yeah. for the American She's squad. Uh, so all over mainstream media. It's true. This is how far we've come. It's great. Okay, I digress just because what popped up is he has kind of a bright orange oh, yeah. Lycra suit. Okay, so some letters. Do you want to start with one in particular that maybe resonated with you yeah, or sure. that you want to address? Yeah, sure, actually. I, I do want to address this because I actually kind of feel a little bad about it. I love the call. I love the call out. So Sarah, oh. Sarah, mm-hmm. uh, a Michigan Tech alum, really called us out about Cork because I, I said, I threw it out there that, yeah, Cork got his uh, kind of burst onto the scene with CXC. For those that are really nerdy and know what that is, but it was uh, kind of like a semi-pro team in the Midwest. And and we got smacked around for that, which is great. Which I loved it. So apparently he started as a junior coach in Durango, Colorado. That I didn't know. I didn't know that. And he co- and he coached and he coached a, he coached Tad Elliott. That as yep. as like a as a young whippersnapper. I didn't know as that. As a junior, he, yeah, yeah. Well, like as a young junior. I didn't know that either. What I know about that is, and I think maybe I texted you this, is we have a little rental over our garage and a nice young woman, Elena Breed. Elena, she may listen to the podcast. I don't know. Very nice. She grew up in Durango and Jason Cork was her coach. And I know that. And I just forgot about it. And he did something. I was just going off, right? Yeah. Now I was like, gosh, I knew that too. And I just had spaced it. Evidently, he does. He used to do something with the Durango team on Wednesdays. I think they had like, you you could only say nice things on Wednesdays. I should text Elena. I'll text her and okay. see. But yeah, so he, he implemented something like you can't say anything but nice nice stuff on Wednesdays. Nice, I like it. Okay, that's a good Midwestern boy. That's awesome. Yep. Although he's not. Yeah. No, he's from like North Pole, Alaska. He's not from the Midwest. I know. No, exactly. He's not from the Midwest, but as you spent time there. Um, and then, and then he did a brief stint as the assistant coach of the Miss Michigan Tech's NCAA team. And that was in the 2008-9 season. So yeah, sorry for all the Michigan Tech, um, Huskies out there that listened to the pod and were like confused that I was given CXC all the praise, um, uh, for developing Jason Cork. So there you go. Love the call outs. I seriously do. I think they're awesome. So that was, that, that was, that was the one I wanted to start with. So Sarah, Yep. Michigan Tech, baby. We're correcting that. Jason Cork. Jason Cork. Yeah, I like it. Fact check. And then and then I want to just jump right into it. You mentioned it a little bit. I'll just read it out a little bit. I, I can paraphrase. But um, but um, Canada's, Canada's in a, a really interesting situation right now, and they've been really strict with racing. 
And when I say really strict with racing, I mean there is no, and I repeat, no ski races happening in Canada this year. Um, not even at like local level or anything. Like time trials, like uh, like unofficial time trials are happening, yeah. But but an actual race is not happening in Canada. And this is a really, like this is tough. This is really tough for the kids, especially. The, the young seniors too and seniors. I mean, it's tough for everybody. But I really feel for the junior the junior athletes. And so we, we have a message from someone that has, has a has a kid or a junior skier, sorry, I should say, that was like gunning for the World Junior Championships and then then the trials were canceled like every race in Canada. And uh, she didn't get the she didn't get the opportunity to 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 prove her medal and try and make the team because the because Nordic Canada had to just pick the team based on the information they had at hand, which is last year's results, right? And that's fair. That's just how it is. Um in, in a pandemic. And, um, you know, so this young athlete seeing all the races in Europe and getting stoked, but she's also seeing that there's Opa Cup races happening. She's seeing that there's American races happening. And um, the parent is like struggling with this a little bit because it's like, man, we just want to tell her like, it's a pandemic. You got to follow the rules. I know you want to go. Um, but, you know, kids just don't have great perspective. I didn't. I didn't as 17 or 18 years old, like I would have been a nightmare for my mom in this situation for races. Cause I was so competitive and I just wanted like, put me in coach, you know what I mean? Um, but it's a really, really tough situation. And I really, my heart goes out. My heart goes out to the young racers in Canada big time because I love the sport of skiing and there is a big passionate ski community in Canada. And especially look at how good the, the men did, especially at world juniors last year. Like that was a big tailwind for the program especially that youth because those are those are those are their like those are their cohorts you know what i mean and they they really look up to those guys that got second in the world junior relay last year all the juniors in canada men and women and that motivates them to train hard and believe in themselves and and all that sort of thing and and um not having any races not being able to do a world junior trials to prove yourself because juniors a lot of things happen every year you know what i mean and 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 then not only the sting of like, okay, great, I don't get to do world junior trials and see if I can make this cool trip and represent my country, but I don't get to do any races. And you, please hang in there. I guess this is like a public service announcement. It's like, please hang in there. Cross-country skiing is a beautiful sport. I, I love getting messages like this. And I, I realize the pickle that people are in. I realize the pickle parents are in trying to explain this to their really stoked kids that just want to race and do the best they can. And, and I just, it, it's a really difficult situation. And it is, it is super, super hard because like I've said a lot of times in this podcast, like it is a, we are in a pandemic and we've got to just like, you got to follow your, your nation's rules and, that that's what people are trying to do and on the world cup level you also have to remember people have to remember that the world cup is an amateur sport anymore this is a professional sport so the decisions people are making surrounding the world cup that it's just something totally different than than a junior athlete has to make um and so yeah my heart goes out to them and keep training hard keep believing yourself the country needs you <laughs> and regardless of the country needing you or not i'm just that just making a joke but like Cross-country skiing really is a beautiful sport and it's something that you can enjoy for like the rest of your life and it can also take you to some pretty cool places and you get to learn a lot about yourself. Like like dealing with failure, for example, right, like we right. covered for the first 20 minutes of this podcast. So so I thought it was a great letter and and advice advice and perspective. The perspective is, you know, we're living in a we're living in a pandemic. There's not much you can do about it. And it's super boring and it's super annoying. And I get that for the young kids and the young skiers. But your mom can't change it. Um, the premier of your province can't change it. And the prime minister can't change it. It's beyond that. So, and then two, it's just like, if you believe and you really want it, then you'll find a way. You will. And I believe that, I believe that deeply. And I, here's another dorky story from my past. In my wallet when I was like, man, I think I took it out when I just changed wallets like not that long ago. How long ago did um, you change wallets? I'm just curious. I, I probably changed wallets like five years ago. Okay. All right. Yeah. So, um, but I had carried around, I like I cut it out of a magazine. It was an ad. It was a New Balance ad, but it didn't say anything with New Balance, but I cut it out and it, all it said on there, it was red with white, white text 
and it said, desire is the world's toughest training partner. And I'm, I read it. I was reading a magazine, probably runner's world or something. And I cut it out and I put it in my wallet and I had it in my wallet for like 20 years. <laughs> so that's my perspective for the kids. Desire is the world's toughest training partner to quote a multinational footwear company, but it's true. And if you want it, you'll make it through. And like I said earlier too, after the night comes the day and there'll be plenty of races on the horizon for you to, to, to do battle and, and, and show your medal and show your stuff. But I feel for you big time. And I, like, I can't even believe it. I feel for you so much. I mean, Alex Harvey and I were good buddies and we talk a lot. Um, and, and we talk about that all the time about how thankful we are that we were, t- that we're done. <laughs> we don't have to deal with this shit. So, so it is like, it is a, it's a, it's a huge challenge for not just the professional athletes that we talk about most of the time, Jason, but also the, also the junior athletes. Sure. And just like, it's interesting because just being a parent of one of the things that I talk to my kids about quite a bit is one is obviously like find something you love and, um, and if you want to be part of this family, you need to be out in the mountains a bit. <laughs> you know, that's sort of <laughs> mandatory, but, yeah. but, but also it. is like life is full of disappointment. So like it's not sunshiny all the time, but, you know, learn to recognize that, you know, like dis- disappointment does happen and it happens probably more often than not, you know, because we have expectations. Yeah. Oh, yeah, and that's what growth yep, lies. Exactly. And exactly. that's what growth lies. Honestly, I know it's really, I, I know it's really, really. But it's true. Cliche to say that, but like I've learned not, I've learned nothing really. You learn nothing from success, really. <laughs> Seriously, <laughs> like because everything's just clicking, man. Your team's clicking. You're working well with your team. Your work, your body's functioning properly. Relationships usually are going well. Like life's pretty good. Um, but it's in, but it's in, it's in like times of like real struggle where you have to really like meet the moment and really, yeah. Like how much do you want it? And, and not just how much do you want it, but how you got to put your intellect to work too. And like, how am I going to get out of this, this difficult situation or how am I going to get over this disappointment? And as a young athlete speaking to that, like, dude, like when I was a junior, like I was the worst man. Like I'd have a bad race at like nationals or like an Ontario cup or something. And I'd be like, I'd carry that around for days, man. No, like I would be like hard to sleep and I'd be like grumpy and like pissed at myself. And I, I, I just like, this is something I still live with now. You get 10 minutes, right? Isn't that what some people say? Yeah. yeah. But I like, I had a sports psychologist, Cal Botterill, who is an amazing sports psychologist I work with. I'm so thankful to work with someone like him. And, and he, he helped me big time to saying like, Devin, you're allowed to be upset after a bad race at the venue. You're allowed to be upset disappointed and like be negative and do your whole deal but when your hand touches your hotel door and you needed to if to do that and 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 also the second thing was i'm i'm big into journaling or having a diary whatever <laughs> so but episode so but i journaled a lot but i also wrote a lot of race plans and debriefs and it also really helped me to think that like okay if i wasn't quite ready when my de- my hand hit that door handle to my hotel room after a disappointing race I would give myself, I would allow myself to like, just sit down with my journal and write everything, what I feel. And I, I haven't ever gone back and reread any of it, but I got tons and tons. Never, never. It's probably some dark shit in there. Really dark. Because like, because I'd be like, I was like so pissed and so disappointed. And like, it's so stupid. Like speaking of perspective, like I had no perspective. So like in those times, but it really helped me. It really, really helped me. And, um, without like the, the hard work of like Cal and, and also great coaches I've worked with in the past, but especially Cal like in sports psychology, that part of sports psychology. Cause I'm serious, man. Like as a 17 year old or 18 year old, man, like I would be, I would beat myself up. Like you cannot believe after a bad race, like saying all the worst things, like all the stuff you read about like self-help and stuff that you should, uh, that, that you should, Oh dude, the neg- yeah. like not just negative, the like you suck, talk. you're garbage, like it's like you're never gonna do it, blah blah blah. Like cra- crazy stuff. Oh, so bad. Yeah. And I and, and I still have that. I still like it's still something that's hard to like put away, you know what I mean? Like I'd really like beat myself up like big time. And the problem was is it becomes that became like a strategy, right? Because like that's what would motivate me in a way. You know what I mean? Because it's like but anyway, I digress. So the, but the perspective part of it is that like, 
I feel for you. Keep grinding. Brighter days are ahead. And I think it's so cool that you found such a beautiful sport like cross country skiing and it's worth it. So give her a pinner. So before we go to the next uh, item, I just want to clarify here back to Jay. We're going to circle back to Jason Cork for a minute. Um, I did text Elena, you know, what did I write here? Um, what was the thing Jason Cork did on Wednesdays when he coached in Durango on the van? Was it only nice words? And she wrote back, <laughs> sorry, it actually, remember I said it was like nice word Wednesday or something like that. Nice yeah, Wednesday. Yeah. I think yeah. it was called jerk Wednesday. <laughs> nice. That was the one day you're allowed to be an ass. <laughs> I wrote allowed to be a jerk question mark. And she wrote, I think we could be mean. So I'm nice. not, Yeah. So Jason, we're this isn't this is maybe your you're in here. We would love some clarification on this. Oh, he'll never do it, man. Dude, he's like a snow leopard. He is, he but I did be, notice he just wants to be he wants to be in the shadows like that's what we're Yeah, he gave a quote to the New York Times though. He did. So we're not the New York Times. Yeah, but he yeah, he's an intellectual. I know. He, yeah, we're not the New York Times. I feel like we can be semi-intellectual. Oh yeah. In our own right. <laughs> right. So, but no, Jason Cork, man. You've done an awesome job through it all, and I hope you're basking in it a little bit, just a little bit. Have that second beer after the sauna. I think he is a little bit. Some of those shots from Sizer Alm, I think he basked a little bit last week. It's good. He deserves uh, it. Yeah, yeah. Jeez. Oh my God. Those pictures, man, dude. Oh, that really. Oh yeah, Gus. And I'm gonna call out Gus Schumacher too, buddy. Like, drink that in, buddy, because that could be your life for the next 15 years. Going to altitude camps in the best places oh, on Earth yeah, to ski. No Sazeram is Sazeram in the sun with good snow is some of the best Nordic skiing on planet Earth. And Gus gets to do that at 20, dude. Jealous. Word on the street is Canadians used to go there quite a bit. That's what uh, Scott Yount tells me. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, dude, we'd be there a lot. I love yeah. it. I love it. it's my favorite. It's my favorite place. It's it's my favorite place to Nordics. It was my favorite place for a camp in the winter. No, no question. Okay, so we um, and I was going to bring this up before. I was like, you know, I know. In fact, we do have some listeners that are that are physio folks, and it looks like you put a question here or a statement there from Ned. Yeah, in Utah, correct? I think it's yeah, Ned in Utah. Yeah, so it's Ned. I hope Ned doesn't. I think it's Ned Dowling, yeah. and I think he's done some work with the U.S. ski team. And yeah, he's he's volunteered his time for yep. the U.S. ski team. It's just really cool. Based at of Salt Lake, really nice person. Yeah. At least I've communicated with him via email. Okay, do you want to go over his questions, concerns? Sure, sure. He had a really interesting – well, I mean, he's calling out Sunby a little bit um, with his back injuries. Um, but Jens Berman, a Swedish athlete who is a huge talent, has really struggled with um, some herniated discs and um, nerve nerve – problems because of that um and it's affected his skiing and then his question was how common is low back pain in elite nordic skiers not just sore achy time on skis induced lower back problems but symptoms that really affect training and racing and this is kind of like a bit of a dark secret in in skiing actually because recall the best male skier that ever lived bjorn dolly oh okay career career cut short because of back injuries and tried to come back after, after his back injury didn't work. He's done. He was done really young. You know, he really wanted to continue skiing too. And it just like, wasn't working. That was the end. Didrik Tonseth, who, who used to be really good. He's really struggling this year, a Norwegian skier. Um, but Didrik Tonseth, who's uh, won world cups, like people that follow the world cup would know that name. Um, he really struggled with his back. Uh, you had you had Nicholas Deerhug has struggled with his back. Sunby is really struggling with his back now, but I mean Sunby is also uh, getting a little long in the teeth himself. You know he's he's in his thirty seventh year. He is, but it sounds like that dude has had a rough. I did not realize. Oh, it's been a really rough started, go. Yeah, but but it's he's had some issues with one of his young children too. Who yeah, who had heart surgery. So he's got a lot going on. Yeah. Oh God. Yeah. 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 Tachycardia. Oh yeah. For sure. Oh totally. Heart heart arrhythmia. Oh yeah with me like it's been it's been tough so but uh, but from the back perspective listen there's a lot of elite nordic skiers that have struggled with with back problems a good friend of mine gore jewett who is now a neurologist but he was at the olympics with me in in 2010 uh, he was a huge talent as a junior both mountain biking and cross-country skiing he was plagued by by uh, back problems low back problems that really derailed his career 
before it even got started. And it was amazing. He fought himself back to, to make the Olympic team there in 2010. But I mean, he was a huge talent that was derailed by back problems. So this is, this is something that is quite, I wouldn't say quite common, but it is common enough with elite Nordic skiers. And, and uh, there's plenty of reasons for that. I, I, I am imagining, but uh, the question, the questions was like, is it common? And yes, it is. And are these so, some of the injuries that you know of? Like, I never had but, any, but Alex struggled with his lower back at, at times in his career as well. I mean, was it muscular or was it um, nerves? With Alex, there was some other things going on, but it was more muscular. But Didrik, Gord, um, uh, Bjorn Dali, a lot of others. I Man, I could go on and on. It was nerve. It was like herniated disc problems. Yeah, slip discs or herniated discs. Yeah. And I think I think it's like like of course you, you, there's strength training that's involved in that, but I mean that's gotten so much better now compared to what it was like 15 years ago. I mean there was some pretty cowboy strength training 30 years ago, you know, with Bjorn Dolly and stuff. Like you know, just go back and look at some of the videos of their like core strength. It's like pretty cowboy. <laughs> so, but but also but also too, think of all the time on roller skis. You're smashing down on the poles like that. Uh, pavement doesn't have a lot of give. Um, you're running a lot like this, the running usually shouldn't be that big a deal, but, but, uh, I think the roller skiing is definitely not something that, that, uh, helps, but, but it's just a big part of everybody's training. So, uh, definitely does not help. And then mixed in with like maybe poor technique in the weight room or, or not managing your, not managing the loads, uh, super effectively all the time. And it can lead to some, can lead to some low back problems for sure. And there's a lot of athletes that have struggled throughout the years, really struggled with it. I'm curious from, a and and this sort of steps away from back specific injuries, but um, how often? And you're you're involved with physio at this point. How often do you know of like elite athletes, you know, World Cup athletes, resorting to cortisone rather than like, okay, I'm going to do more longer term PT regimen to decrease pain? I'm just curious. I would say that's I would say that's really joint joint dependent and also like okay. like like injury dependent kind of thing. And I mean I can I can tell you right away. I mean like I was at a camp in the later part of my career um, and was really struggling with my knee. I had bursitis. I had bursitis in my knee and try. I was living in Norway at the time and like tried to get it managed and it, it just wasn't working. I could like barely walk downstairs and stuff. It was really sore. And in the end at Olympia Toppen in Norway with the doctor there and the physio, I'm like, I'm struggling with this. Like, yeah, it's bursitis. They did ultrasound. They checked it out. They saw what was happening. And they're like, oh, we can, we'd recommend just putting like a cortisone shot, like a, like barely anything into the, into the uh, pissed off bursa and, and, and you'll be fine in five days. And like, I took their advice and they did that and it, it worked. So I, that's my only experience with it. But I mean, you hear that definitely with shoulders and stuff and, and and other joint issues and I, but I have zero experience with that so i'm not i'm not totally sure I, you know what that's not definitely talked about all that all that much in nordic skiing it, uh, it's not like football or or professional soccer where that gets reported on a lot so uh, that i'm not really sure at the highest level but you'd have to imagine it's happening yeah not talked about because like there's a negative connotation with like you know abusing it yeah maybe maybe a little bit of it Ah, uh, well, there has been in cycling, of course, but I mean, in skiing, I've never heard of that being abused whatsoever. But I mean, and I, I'm speaking of it for you know, like for my own. I, I and this is not like shoulder shoulder issue, and you, you have yeah, you only have um, so many yeah, shots you can take in a certain you know in, in a joint. Oh, for sure, yeah, totally. Because I mean, that's it's just eats tissue. That's not good. <laughs> so, so, um, but it sure works. Yeah, like, for sure. The times I've had yeah. it. It's like, oh my God, what a miracle! Yeah, so I'm so you have to. I would have to imagine that uh, that that's happening in high level skiing. Yeah, you'd imagine, but but I have no, I have no evidence. That's just talking straight out of my ass. But I mean, that's okay. Yeah, but, but I mean, but but at, the, but at the same time, like the bigger teams, especially and and even our team, like in Canada and stuff, like we worked with great therapists and um, tried to manage injuries um, with like evidence based practice, right? Like that's. And these days, that's where it's moving in physiotherapy. Absolutely, is more um, you know preventative kind of stuff and uh, movement patterning and that kind of thing. So that that's definitely something that we were we were definitely um, definitely focused on. But that said, there's still a lot of injuries that happen. It's just a lot of training. It's a lot of load on the body. So I, I think that uh, that kind of goes with the territory. But it's it is a bit scary. So it is it was a great question by Ned to ask about that because it is something that happens a lot. And I mean, he was he was. 
he was chirping Sunby a little bit that he has got such back problems that they can't figure out what it is. No MRI, no physios, no doctors. And it is weird. I agree. I to, just to put words in that, like that makes no sense to me either. Like, how is that possible? Because he has all the best people or he should have access to all the best people here in the country. At least, I mean, Norway is a tiny country and they think they're the best in the world and they're not the best are probably in the U S or, or Britain or something, but there are good physios in Norway. Um, the thing, the thing that he, that he's curious about and I am too big time is like, Sunby trains with the weight vest often. And Ned, who's an actual physio, thinks that makes no sense. And me, that is not a physio, also thinks that makes no sense. And I, we both have been um, bantering back and forth about that. Like, if you're back, if you have like back problems that are keeping you out of races and this sort of thing, like, why are you putting a 15 kilo weight vest on and going skiing for three hours in the woods? That makes zero sense. And you're right, it makes zero sense. So, this might just be like one of those mysteries. You know what I mean? Like, where's the lost city? Where's the lost city of Atlantis? We don't know. That's true. That is true. <laughs> we don't just like we don't know why Sunby puts a weight vest on when he's dropping out of races left, right, and center and complaining about his. Back he's done this year. We don't right? know why. So well, this is our good segue into the Norwegians that are returning to Lati. Sunby's gone. Done. Well, Sunby's not going to get any chances in the World Cup. He hasn't raced into the top ten this year, and uh, he got lit up at he got lit up at nationals and. So his World Cup opportunities are done. And so now he gets to start the 15K skate at the World Championships in Oberstdorf uh, because he's the reigning 15-kilometer world champion yep, good point. in Seefeld. So he does have a free ticket there, and he's got six weeks to get his shit together and see what he can do. But it, it, it's been a dark year for him, absolutely. He hasn't shown anything. Okay, so uh, coming up this for uh, Saturday and Sunday... The World Cup comes back to Lati, Lati, Finland after after like a weekend break. So roughly two-week break after the Tour de Ski. There's a 15K skiathlon for the women and a 30K skiathlon for the men. Skiathlon meaning, so for example, for the women, it's a 15K. 7.5K is classic technique. They switch skis and poles mid-race. And grab their skate gear and the remaining 7.5k is skate just to sort of frame that for people who might be new to skiathlon the following day is the first uh relay of the year yeah some exciting races i mean like i used to get excited about world cup relays and stuff but like the last especially last year man there was some just raunchy relays eh? like barely any countries starting claybo's not starting bolshenov's not starting teams are weak they're like the b teams out there like it's just not exciting whatsoever so it'll be interesting to see who shows up in lati and if we can get an exciting relay out of it i hope so because it's a fun event and it is it is a great event at the championship i will say like the, the the championship relay matters a lot to all these countries it's a big thing it's a big deal so but the world cup relay like it's really lost its luster the last couple years but but hopefully Hopefully we can have an exciting one this weekend. And then the 30K Skiathlon and the 15K Skiathlon, what's so great about this event is like, it's a championship event. And yet if you go back through the catalog and see how many Skiathlons get get done on the World Cup in championship years, it's lean, man. It rarely happens, which is ridiculous. That makes no sense to me. Why do you have a championship event that athletes don't get to compete in? multiple times before the championship may it's weird but we're gonna get the show this weekend and i think i think it'll, it'll be really really fun of course like the shootout between the the good norwegians claybo's sitting out for those that are at home but that's not that big a surprise a 30k skiathlon uh and a relay he did a bunch of races at norwegian nationals in trondheim this last weekend and he'll be back in Falun for the sprint uh next next the weekend following so claybo's claybo's slated to to rejoin the world cup as well but but uh, it's going to be fun to see Bolshinov and, and the Russian Armada, uh, the Red Army there, do battle with the Norwegians again. Because, yeah, like I said, during the tour, it was a bit boring with uh, with no one really challenging the Russians. And I, I love the Battle of the Titans. So to see to see great skiers battling it out in Lati, it'll be fun to see. Um, yeah, so there's, there's, there's lots to look forward to. I'm curious, what is some of the news? I mean, is, or is it just the same old, same old? And the, and and the names that we expect to see at the top will be at the top this next weekend. Um, yeah. So, and we we touched upon this a little bit, I think, on that Sunday when we spoke to Ivan, but or that Saturday prior, I, I forget. But there's been a 
you know, Norwegian nationals, um, there's been some racing, you know, for these elite athletes in Norway that have been off the World Cup. But anything of that's noteworthy um, in terms of someone we might miss, you mentioned Claybo, um, and presuming that the Yohags of the world are coming in on form. Oh, yeah. No, the, the, with the women, Yohag, Heidi, and um, the junior, Helena Fossesholm, like, they're so good. They've been so good. Uh, so it'll be really fun to see them back in the mix. Um, aside from that, on the women's side, like, yeah, maybe some top tens here and there, but it, it, it falls off quite a bit from, from the top three women on the distance side of things. And on the men's side of things, I mean, like, Schuetoffa and, and Seaman Kruget and Holland, like, they have Olympic medals, they have championship medals. Like, it, I have no reason to expect them not to be fighting uh, right up in the top six, let's say, or top ten at least, you know for the, for the world mm-hmm. cup even though they've been out of the world cup for a little bit so it'll be fun to see them the only thing the only notable things that are missing i thought was really interesting to me was like one of the most exciting relays i've ever seen uh was the 2017 men's relay the battle between norway versus russia where mm-hmm. where finn hog and crow held off a hard charging and inform ustugov to win not a single person in that relay at Sunby is because he's qualified for uh, through his world championship. But Didrik Tonseth did not make the world championships. Finn Hagenkrow did not make the world championships. Nicholas Dierhug did not make the world championships. And Sunby is only doing the 10K, the only doing the 15K skate. So, it, it, and that was only, that, that's not that long ago. That's four years ago. So it's a real changing of the guard. So there, there is some, there is some big names that are absent that just haven't been able to perform on the Norwegian domestic circuit, uh, and that then that was that was their way to to punch tickets to the World Cup and punch tickets to the <clears throat> to the uh, to the World Championships. And there's some big names that just they're they're not going to be on the start line in Oberstdorf, which is which is uh, disappointing for for the fans of them. You know, is that something you might attribute to just the funky year? Um, that some of these names that you just mentioned have are, are not kind of haven't had seasoning, so to speak. They haven't had like four World Cup weekends. That's hard to know. Row. Okay. Yeah, yeah, it's hard to know. I mean, well, like, well, here's the thing: like, Nicholas is coming off surgery and some major injuries, so so this isn't. I, I was expecting him to be a little better than he is now, but he, he the where he's coming back from is hell. So. I wasn't really, I wasn't holding out that much hope that Nicholas could come back to like the top five in the world level already. Might take another year. Uh, Didrik, something really weird is going on. He doesn't understand what's happening. The the team behind doesn't know what's happening. Things just aren't working. His body's not working. He's not sick. He's not sick. He's not injured. He's just skiing really bad and feels really bad. And that's worrisome. That's really worrisome, and he's he's been really vocal about being really worried about it, but also like really open. It's like I have no idea why this is happening. I I can't tell you what's happening. I don't I don't know. Um, and uh, Finn Hagen Crow just said like others are better than me, and I'm, I I tried my best, and I thought I could do it, and I'm just not good enough right now, and I don't really know why either. And he he hasn't been as far back as Didrik. Didrik's not even close. I mean, not even in the discussion. Finn at least has been in the top ten, but that's not where you expect to see Finn Hagen Crow, a guy who's won the Sprint Globe before and also won multiple World Cups, and especially in the fifteen k skate distance. I mean, that's a great distance for Finn, and I mean, he could only muster an eighth place in Norwegian Nationals, which is far below expectations for him. So he he's also a little bit in the Didrik camp, being like, I'm not totally sure why this isn't working for me, but I'm not good enough. Then you have some young, exciting athletes that have been having great season, like Harald Amundsen being a great example, world junior champion and under 23 champion from last year. That's been had a fantastic season in the 15 K skate. So he'll, he'll get a chance and looks really good for him to go to world, uh, to go to world championships as a senior. And he's a really young, exciting athlete to watch. So there, it's, it's, uh, that's the thing in Norway, man. There's always like, it's like the King is dead. Long live the King. That's, that's how it works. <laughs> yeah. Right. Right. See, even those folks that are dealing with, you know, disappointment and yeah, totally. And then see how they'll come back. And that's hard, man. That's hard. If it's, it's hard in, in work, it's hard in exams. It's harder in a pandemic. If you can't get the, there's just no raising opportunities. And Didrik Tonset that has like world championship hardware at home, world cup wins, and he's skiing around 30th in, in domestically. This is, and he can't explain it. He doesn't know why 
I mean, these, these are huge challenges people have to go through. So that is good perspective building for sure. You do learn a lot through these challenges, no question. So I, um, in an interview I did with Jesse Diggins after she won the Tour de Ski, so it would be a couple of weeks ago, this coming up Sunday, when I, I did that interview. And she asked me, hey, have you, have you watched The Weight of Gold? Which is a documentary, I think on- yeah, I haven't seen it yet. Yeah. HBO. Okay, yeah. I was going to say Netflix or HBO, but HBO documentary. I did have an opportunity to see that um, last weekend. Is and it good? Yeah, it is good. I mean, it's interesting for someone like myself who, who I read quite a bit sort of atypical sports stuff, right? So I get a lot of my sports information from- uh, you know, not ESPN, put it that way. And, yeah, and ESPN's yeah, right. fine, right? You want to know a score? Or... Yeah, exactly. I had known quite a bit about just from reading stuff written by or about Michael Phelps and his depression and, you know, his um, alcoholism and, and struggles and very real, real struggles, despite the fact that I think he's the most decorated Olympian of all time. It's like crazy, 20-something medals, something insane. Yeah, 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 it's just out of control, yeah. So that sets the context of like, you know, a guy like that can have all these struggles and see the folly in the pursuit of, you know, the singular focus of hardware. Um, Oh, yeah. But it's good. I would watch it. it. It resonates. And there's some Sasha Cohen, who is a skater for the U.S., a, a figure skater, just really grounded perspective from her and you know how you, you know this better than anyone like these are still regular people who, who are flawed oh yeah for sure yeah of course and i think a lot of athletes are man because like like in some not not that that's a blanket statement but like like you just said all 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 people have their have their pros and cons and a lot of people are working through things whether it's injuries or mental health issues or or just a tough period in their life, you yeah. know what I mean? Or or jubilation, or having like the best time ever and having like the best year of their life. I mean, like it's it's all the totally. spectrum. I mean, you're just yep. a collection of individuals. just a collection of individuals. Um, yeah, and they they strap skis on their feet and they go really fast or really slow yep. <laughs> uh, week weekend week in week out. But but uh, the fact of the matter is, yeah, it's uh, the 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 mosaic back back what we get to see is a lot bigger than what you what you'd expect. Yeah. So, and I should clarify, like we are all, all flawed, but, but the, the documentary is richer than that. Like essentially as the title suggests, the weight of gold, it's, it's, you know, flawed or not. It's just the pressures put on these individuals is pretty oh, insane. Yeah. And, and the reason I bring it up is because you just mentioned all of these names and it's getting, I know it's getting late there in uh, Norway, but you mentioned some, yeah, you, you, you mentioned some notable names. What, my closing pieces, I'm just curious, like what sort of resources are there for athletes in Norway and specifically cross-country skiers who like, hey, time's up for you. We're moving on to the world junior guy. Yeah, well, that's the kind of funny thing. Like when when it go, when the lights go dim uh, or go out for some of these, these athletes, they do have programming through um, the Norwegian Olympic Committee or it's called like Olympia Toppen. Um, so there is there is like help there. And it can be offered and, and uh, they can help you with like, yeah, like career counseling and uh, education counseling and planning and that sort of thing that is offered. But the fact of the matter is, and this is what I live through right now, this is what I'm living through just at like times, times a few, yeah, by a few different factors because I'm in a different country and doing a different language and blah, blah, blah. But that's, that, that, that's something else. Um, but the, But the fact of the matter is, I mean, like, a lot of these athletes I've named, like they don't have university educations either. And, and they've done well in the world cup, but they're not Petter Nortug or they're not Claybo or they're not Yohug. And, um, it is a challenge. I mean, it really, really is a challenge. And I really prided myself in being someone that really, really didn't think that my identity was wrapped up in this. And I always knew there was something after skiing and I always knew I'd go back to university and, but it's one thing to know that. And it's another thing to, ex- to experience that as like, almost a middle-aged man <laughs> with a family, right? And that's what these guys are going to be into too, right? You know, like when Didrik, Didrik's 29, so he's not he's not quite ready to be done yet. But but I'm just saying like a lot, like a lot of these guys, like take a Finn Hagenkrow or, or uh, Didrik Tonseth or, or, or Scar or 
or yeah, even, even shoot it off the, for that matter, who's a world champion and had like a great career, but not a legendary career. You know what I mean? And, and like when it's all goes, when it all goes dim, like when it, when the lights go out and your time is done, like they don't have enough money to live on. They're going to need to get a job and they need to go out into the world. And yeah, there's always, there's always work for people like that in, in sport. But if they choose, like you just said about like wanting to be home with their family more or uh, a prioritizing family, they're going to need to get a civilian job. And then that, that's not a given you get that without any education. And even here in Norway, the fact that like Nordic skiing reigns supreme, um, people still in Norway will, if you apply for a, for a low level job and you don't have a university education, they don't go like, oh yeah, but you, you were a professional athlete for, for 16 years or 20 years because, because you know what, man, people don't really get what that means unless you've lived it in, in, in some ways. So it's like, yeah, yeah. Well, do you have a bachelor degree at least? Like, did you get a bunch of C's in your bachelor degree that you can show me that? It's like, no, I was kicking ass and chasing the dream and like wanting to be the best in the world. That's what I did for the last, uh, for the last 20 years. And that means something. It's like, yeah, not here. It doesn't. So go, go to like some half ass university, get a C average and then come back. But that's how it is. Even here in Norway, Mm -hmm. that's the society we live in. And it's, it's not easy for these people. So yeah, it's a, that's a discussion for another time, but interesting. Have a good evening and we'll chat on Sunday. Thank you, Jason. Yeah. Yeah. We'll chase. We'll chat on the weekend. Take care. Thanks for listening and hope you enjoy the podcast.